0: Welcome to Better, a podcast dedicated to all of us becoming better than we are right now. I'm Matt Camps, father to identical twin boys, firefighter, and business owner. This podcast is a place for all men to connect, grow, and focus on developing their true masculinity. We will cover topics like fatherhood, fitness, relationships, personal development, and channeling your true essence to man up in all areas of your life. Hey guys, welcome to episode number five and this week I'm going to be sharing with you all some of my top investing strategies. Now again, little disclaimer, by no means do I consider myself an expert in the field. I'm just sharing with you some of the things that I've implemented and picked up over the years. Uh, investing in finance is something that I am passionate about and I do a lot of research with um, and obviously I do have a background in business, uh, accounting, psychology, all that sort of stuff. So um, I do consider myself to have a fairly basic understanding of how things work in the investing industry. So um, if you're willing to listen to some of my tips, hopefully you can um, take, take some things on board or at least question what you're doing and try and find out some more information about it to help you become more financially free and become more of a savvy investor. So from the time that I could start work and my first job was working night shift at Big W when I was uh, 14 to nine months, I think we were legally allowed to start work, I started saving in anticipation for my first car in the years ahead. And I'd managed to save um, enough to buy a car in cash. I think it was about four or five thousand dollars at the time. Um, but then by the time, so I'd, I'd managed to achieve that. But also when I finished high school, I had ten thousand dollars in the bank, which I'd saved up all on my own. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, I never came from a well-off family. We were just a, you know, standard. Um, Four person family. had a four a four bedroom home. Um, my brother and I were reasonably well educated, but my parents didn't earn you know massive amounts of money. We were just you know the average the average family, so to speak. So with that, we did we were raised with a um, like a scarcity type mindset, I guess. So we were always trying to save and tucking money away, we we're screwing it away for things that we wanted to buy in the future. And so I guess that, that mindset has continued on with me into my adult life, but it's something that I'm very aware of now. It can be a good or a bad thing uh, depending on how you look at it, but I've always been a good saver and I've always enjoyed um, working towards achieving a certain financial goal and keeping myself accountable to that. So I'm coming from that that background to start with. Um, Doesn't mean, if you're not that way inclined, doesn't mean that you can't start like that. You can just create a simple spreadsheet and work out where your money's going from the get-go and uh, just, you know, work out your simple expenses, your running costs, how much you can save. I know there's a big, you know, a lot of people talk about saving 10%, but often a lot of people can save more if they go without, you know, some of the little luxuries in life. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that later on. And also, in the coming weeks, I've got a good friend of mine, a fiery, who also works as, well, uh, I guess he's a financial guru. He's got his own company set up um, and does a lot of budgeting and working on finances and that sort of thing. So he'll be coming on in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, He's got some really, really cool techniques that we can all bring on board and save some money. Um, But yeah, so that's sort of a bit of my background initially. Um, Around that same time when I finished high school and I had all this money in the bank, I really was keen to start investing. And I was just like a sponge. I would consume... Every bit of financial information that I could. I had a subscription to Money Magazine, um, and I read that from cover to cover, you know, each month as it would come through. I was lucky enough to have uh, my boss at the time was quite financially savvy. He was big into the share market. And so I would bounce ideas off him um, and he would share some of the tips and techniques that he was doing. Um, to try and, you know, make his money work for him. And that really that really inspired me a lot to, you know, earn money but also not have it sit there and just do nothing but to make it work for me and produce more income and more money that I can use to make to buy a greater as- amount of assets or invest in greater opportunities to propel me into a better situation. Um, so I guess uh, I did dabble a lot in shares initially But my big goal was also to purchase um, a house and so by the time I was 26 I'd saved up well over enough for a brand new house deposit Um, and that was built in 2006. So I bought my own, I built my own home when I was 26 years old and lived in it for a couple of years and Kylie also moved in there as well eventually. And we still have that home today, it's now an investment property, Um, but yeah, so I'll get into that sort of stuff in a bit more detail, but I guess the first main point that I wanted to highlight is, well, for me, my biggest and and best investment that I've ever made and continue to make is investing in myself. And by that, um, I mean, you know, study up on share markets, study, well, initially, You know, find out what you're interested in. Whether it's bricks and mortar, it's shares, it's business. um, You know, it's starting your own business or just investing in in another um, business. There's so many different avenues you can go down now. Side hustles. You know, you can sell things on eBay and Amazon, all that sort of stuff. Um, The world is really your oyster, but you've got to put in the work. So. I studied a business management degree, I studied accounting, Um, I became aware of how to read financial statements so I could analyze companies and their financial history and based off that, you can kind of predetermine where they're sitting financially and whether investing in them is actually a good idea or not. Um, But yeah, so I would read book after book on investing, I would read... Uh, magazines. I would talk to people at uni. I would consult people at work. I kind of informally had a mentor who was heavily involved in shares at the time. And so I was just consuming as much as I could. Some of the main books that, that stick out for me today and that I still go back to are just some of the basic guides on simple investing. But when you do the simple things First, and you set things up in a way that um, is easy to manage, there can be some really, really powerful results made from those techniques. Uh, So someone who's influenced me obviously is way back then, uh, Robert Kiyosaki. He produced the Rich Dad books. There's a number of books and board games and he also does events and seminars and live chats and all sorts of stuff now Um, but that really showed for me the different types of um, people, I guess. So whether you're a, an employee, um, self-employed, an investor, or a business owner, um, really really taught me the power of making your money work for you. Um, and, and I guess his story is he has two dads, uh, a dad who um, I guess you would say is a poor dad, but who sought out, you know, a secure job that paid well, um, and it was a job for life. And you know, h- hoped in the end that he'd en- have enough for retirement to live comfortably. Um, but he, at the same time, he also had uh, a close friend of his who, uh, his father was very investment savvy and invested in his own businesses, um, and was really. Um, involved with making his money work for him and continuously growing and learning and evolving with the times and not being um, a slave to one job, so to speak. And so he goes on to tell a story of his rich dad versus poor dad, so to speak. Really interesting read if, um, and a great baseline for anyone looking to start their investment journey. Uh, obviously, in Australia, there's the Barefoot Investor, who's quite big at the moment. has some great basic tips out there for setting up different accounts. Um, you know, basic accounts for your expenses, your liabilities, um, like slosh funds, saving um, accounts, all that sort of stuff. Awesome, awesome advice. Um, and that's Scott Scott pa- uh, Pope, I think his name is. Um, but yeah. Check them out online, super easy to to, um, start your journey there with some books or even jump online. Um, You know, there's so many resources now that can put you in the right direction. Also, it's critical that you build the right support network around you. So again, whether that's seeking mentorship or someone who's walked the path before you, um, obviously you might need if you're looking at large investments such as property, whether that whether that's residential or commercial, you're definitely going to need um, a good team around you. So, a good accountant, a good um, conveyancing solicitor, a good uh, investment savvy mortgage broker, possibly a buyer's agent. Um, you'll probably need to be on good terms with your lender, um, all that sort of stuff. Uh, a lawyer, you know, you can start building these teams just by reaching out catching up having a coffee with them seeing how they operate things and starting to build a relationship and a rapport with these guys who are going to be in your corner and who you can trust and call up um, at any given moment and bounce some ideas and get their feedback off um, to help you achieve your your goals another area where i think i succeeded in was setting up a budget and it's um I know it's a bit boring and I know it's not everyone's thing, you know, not everyone is analytically minded or likes to sit down and enjoy crunching numbers and spreadsheets and all that sort of stuff. But it's important to sit down and work out what money you have coming in and where your money is going, how much you can put aside and really start to nut out where you want to be in, you know, six months, a year, five years, your 10-year plan, Um, And then you can start to work backwards and work out, okay, well, if I'm saving, you know, $100 a a month, is that going to reach, allow me to reach the goal that I want now? If not, then we can adjust the steps that you're taking now to reach that goal. Um, So whether that might be reducing your expenses or tucking more away, getting a second job, starting a side hustle, all that sort of stuff. Um, But yeah, setting out a budget is really key to working out the nitty gritty of where everything's going. Um, for me, I've always kind of just gone to the ATO website or ASIC website and I use the budget planner on the what's called the Money Smart uh, website, so www.moneysmart.gov.au. They've got super simple, easy budget planners on there. They've got heaps of information um, for managing your money, borrowing, um, credit, so checking out your credit score, <coughs> sorry, your credit rating, all that sort of stuff insurance, superannuation, retirement, uh, investing. They talk a lot about scams, so a lot of scams that are going on at the moment. And there's just like a, a massive amount of resources that you can use to help become more financially literate and help you on your way. So the budget planner, great place to start. It breaks down everything such as like your um, your income, your utilities, so, you know, like your um, expenses for... Uh, electricity, water, rates, all that sort of stuff, your insurances that you may have, grocery bills, um, any personal medical stuff, entertainment, dining out, transport, auto um, expenses, if you've got children, if you've got um, any other miscellaneous expenses, you can put it all in there, track it all and work out, You know, okay, here's all my expenses for the week or the month or whatever it may be for the year. Uh, here's the money that I'm saving, and you can really start to nut, nut out um, where you can, where you might have expenses that are too high, or where you might have a surplus of cash that you might be able to um, spend on other things, such as, you know, um, luxury items or things that you might be wanting to save for, etc. So that's a great place to start the Money Smart Budget Planner. Also, on there, there's some really Uh, resourceful information on superannuation. So if you're working, whether it's um, casual, part-time, full-time here in Australia, uh, your employer needs to be paying you, by law, minimum 9.5% superannuation, which is money for your retirement. Um, I think you need to be earning over $450 a, a month to be eligible to get super, Um, so most people obviously would be, Um, but yeah, that's something that I'm quite passionate about is um, really being actively involved in my superannuation, so I've consolidated all my super, I don't have five accounts just operating in the background and the super companies are just chewing up all the fees if I'm not continuously putting money into them, I have it all in the one account. Um, I salary sacrifice a portion of my wage, so above and beyond what my employer puts in. I'm also putting in some of my pre-tax dollars into my superannuation account um, and I'm, I'm checking it every week. I'm making sure that money's going in there. I'm making sure that all my investments are, are on track. You can change your investment portfolio so you can adjust your risk rating and most superannuation companies will have, you know, a recommended um, portfolio for you based on that on your risk rating and how con, uh, conservative you are. And uh, what else? Obviously, you, you can uh, put in some co-contributions so you can pay after-tax dollars into your superannuation account. Uh, there's so much you can do with them. Um, but they're really an untapped resource that I feel a lot of people don't spend enough time Uh, being actively involved in I know um, so many people that just they have no idea of how many super accounts they have what their fees are um, and often a lot of the time their accounts are just dwindling away in those fees so we're making superannuation companies uh, I guess richer in a way by not being actively involved um, and progressively putting in that money so um which also brings me to another important point on uh, compounding interest. So, compounding interest is one of the key strategies for a lot of people who are quite wealthy now because they've started early, they've started investing early, and continuously been investing over time. Um, so, whether that's uh, whether that's you know in a term deposit, in insurance bonds. Um, in managed funds, just in a share account, like an online share account, whatever it may be. If they, the earlier you start and the more committed you are to um, putting in uh, an investment every month, every week, um, that money is going to be working harder for you that um, any any dividends or shares that are gained through that, um, you can reinvest. So, It'll have your money working for you, it'll have the reinvestments working for you, uh, it'll have any compound interest working for you and future growth working for you too. So if you needed to sell some of those shares down the track, um, they obviously you would anticipate that they're going to be worth a lot more in the future than what they are now. So again, jump online, compound interest, start an account off with your children. If you've got young kids, start them off early. If you start putting in ten dollars a week now, imagine what you're going to have in there when they're eighteen years old. You know, they, there's a really good chance that they could have thousands and thousands of dollars in there, which can help set them up for their future. It could mean a house deposit, or a car, or pay for their university degree, or you know, around the world trip, or to start a business. Any of those types of things. But it can be a great stepping stone into launching into their own. Um, financial freedom as well. The next area I wanted to touch on is shares. Now, I know there's a big debate on property versus shares and depending on where you live, you know, property could be hot or cold right now, all that sort of stuff. Um, I'll get into property in a lot more detail um, in another episode. Um, But for an initial investment to get into the market, shares are such a great strategy to employ. Um, and really, if you can set up as many legs of ink, different income as possible, it doesn't matter if one falls down. You're going to have the others to um, hold hold you up around you. So diversify. Um, definitely look at property, but also look at shares um, and bounce things off the team around you. So for me, I have um, I've invested in shares just individually, like in individual uh, companies, like banks and know some of the large metal companies all that sort of stuff mining companies Um, but with that I've found that you've got to be you've got to beat the market and you've also got to rely on a usually rely on a on a, um, on a share broker to make the transaction for you. Um, You can set up um, brokerage and stuff online, um, which are fairly common these days. So you obviously pay a lot less in brokerage fees um, to make a transaction, but they usually sting you on um, like making the transaction and also withdrawing any funds out of that investment portfolio. So they kind of, that's where they make their money. They sting you both ways. Um, I've also invested a lot over the years in managed funds and I also lost a lot of money in managed funds, um, especially through the global financial crisis, but also, uh, just because they're they're quite expensive to run. And again, if you're not continuously putting in a decent amount of money, um, each week to be growing that compound, um, interest, uh, you you know, you do lose a bit in fees. So where I'm at today, I still actively invest in the share market, but I'm on to uh, what's called robo-investing. And if you, again, just do a search online, there's lots of different robo-investors now. The guys that I use are called Stockspot, so that's www.stockspot.com.au um, in no way am I affiliated with these guys, um, it's just something that I've got onto through doing my own research and through trial and error, through, as I said, through working out and purchasing shares in other through other different avenues and for me, this seems to be the most uh, efficient, the most uh, cost-effective way to invest in shares and what they do is Uh, You basically it's super simple you jump online there's also an app that you can use that's linked to them Um, you set up your or you fill out like your risk portfolio you set up a personalized plan for you Uh, you can see the investments there's no exit fees or withdrawal fees there's no paperwork it's all set up online super easy super simple and once you're away I think the minimum investment or just to kick things off it's $2,000 but once you get started, you can um, set up your own account, so you can slowly build up your account, and when you have enough in there, it'll automatically invest in the next asset for you. So whatever you choose, depending on your portfolio, um, and over time, as your portfolio makes money or loses money, or however it, they uh, auto correct themselves to rebalance back to align with how you wanted that portfolio to sit. So. Um, it's really cool. Do some research, check it out. Um, they What else do they have on there? Oh, uh, a big portion of what Stockspot do, which is why I love them so much more as well, is that they invest in ETFs or exchange traded funds. So what these are is you're investing in, say, the whole or well, the Australian share market rather than one or two uh, individual companies so you're investing in say the top 200 companies in the share market and over time this has shown that investing in a greater amount of companies so again you're diversifying your investment there tends to be a greater return um, because you know you can you can take losses from say a, a couple of um, technological companies rather than and, and mining companies might go up so You know, at the same time, you're not losing out in one area and gaining too much in another. It's kind of like a slower increase. But nonetheless, it's usually a pretty good increase if you check out the history of ETFs. So you can go, you can purchase ETFs anywhere in the world in any market. Um, I mainly just do the Australian market for now. And yeah, I think I've got most of my um, portfolio is like Australian shares, but also some in um, cash, gold, gold. Bonds, the housing market, uh, maybe a small portion of international shares in there somewhere, I think. Uh, but predominantly, yeah, Australian shares. Um, and also, another cool, a cool part of StockSpot is um, you can, if you invite other friends into it, you can actually reduce your fees. And because it's all done automatically. Uh, the fees that you pay to start with are really, really low. So they don't have massive overheads like say a managed fund would have because they're not paying for like a massive pool of um, fund managers to you know, beat the market, make decisions day in, day out. Do we you know, sell a quarter of this and buy a quarter of that and you know, how, do we, how do we trade every single day? Um, it's done automatically off your portfolio, your, how conservative you are, how risky you are with your investing. Um, and so their fees are a lot lower to begin with, which is awesome. It's more money in your pocket. Um, So if you are interested to sign up um, and invest with StockSpot, you can put in this code, so all capitals, it's M-A-T-T-C-L-T-1. And when you get signed up, they'll give you your own code so you can invite friends and family and stuff as well to um, invest. But if you do put in that code for now in your initial investment, they will waive the management fees for you um, as well as myself. So I'll get reduced fees. Um, but it's a great way to get into the, into the market. And like I said, there's different avenues. You can set up accounts for your kids, um, just for yourself individually, for uh, a husband and wife team, under a self-managed super fund, uh, in, through trusts, all sorts of stuff. Um, it's unlimited. So... Definitely worthy of checking that out. I've made some really good returns. I've set up an account for the kids as well. So I put money in, in, uh, into their account each week. Um, and yeah, I basically don't have to do anything. It's all automated. It's simple. Um, you know, I can just sit back and, and check in on it once a week, once, once a fortnight. And it grows itself. So it's really cool. The reason I'm so big on shares at the moment is because... Um, there's really quite low entry and exit costs. So it's easy. Well, it's easier to get into the market than as opposed to property. Um, I still love property. I still love the old bricks and mortar and having a physical asset there that you can see um, and touch and can potentially grow in capital over time. And look, no doubt, there's a lot of people out there that have made Significant amounts of wealth through property, especially if you bought, you know, thirty years ago or a couple of properties thirty years ago, there's a good chance you've, you know, quadrupled your money in those investments. But um, there's, I think, a lot, a lot more research and um, understanding needs to go into purchasing property today. So obviously, it's less. Fo- there's pros and cons to property, and I'm going to touch. Yeah, like I said, I'm going to touch heavily on this. I'm going to get um, someone who's a seasoned investment, uh, a seasoned property investor, uh, to talk about some of his strategies and what he's employed um, throughout the years. He's done, you know, unit blocks, uh, all that sort of stuff. It has a lot of positively geared properties, um, but we'll dive into that in the, in a future episode. But yeah property I love it there's lots of pros and cons it's obviously a lot harder to get into property um, there's lots of things to be aware of the the markets are always changing there's a lot of tax implications and benefits as well um, there's a lot of capital growth that can be made but at the same time um, you know if you've got a property that's vacant for too long you know you've got to be able to uh, you've got to be able to accumulate those costs as well. So you've got to really sit down and forecast and budget for the ups and downs with investment property. Um, a lot of people have talked about native gearing. So they buy a property that costs them money to reduce their, their tax payable. Um, my, per, I've, I've actually done this before and personally, I, I, I don't like it. I, I really disliked it. Um, it's At the end of the day, it's costing you money each week to keep that, that property um, and personally, I'd rather have something that's going to be putting money back into my pocket even though I have to pay tax on that income. It's still producing uh, money at the end of the day which to me, where I'm at in my life now, I would rather be earning money than paying uh, money for an investment um, again, really important to get your own team around this. So, you know, you are going to need, um, well, you're going to need to know how real estate agents work. You're going to need to have a uh, conveyancing solicitor, an accountant. Uh, you're going to need to know everything, all that sort of stuff. You might need to ha- start building um, a team of like a builder, a draftsman, um, you know, uh, tra- trades. If you're going to be a, um, Uh, owner builder you might need to start developing rapport with tilers and plumbers and chippies and you know all that sort of stuff painters um things to rely on there's also overseas property international property um commercial property that you know you can i can go on forever about all this sort of stuff but um The big thing is to work out whether your financial situation would benefit from a negatively geared property or a positively geared property and that's really a conversation that you need to have with your accountant um, and the team around you but a great vehicle to propel you to reaching your financial goals in the future. The last area I wanted to touch on is business. So again, if we go back to the Rich Dad books, uh, he talks about starting up your own business um, or working for businesses where you can gain experience that can uh, trans- that, that you can use in setting up your own business and running your own business successfully. And this may mean not giving up your day job, so to speak. It could be just a side hustle. It could be selling something on eBay or Amazon. Um, It could be, you know, it could be starting a food store. It could be starting your own clothing brand. Uh, For us, we've started a couple of different businesses and companies and, you know, we've also used social media as a great way of marketing and advertising our products and services through that. So, again, use all those tools that you can around you to help um, create a business. It can be a great, a great um, vehicle for replacing your income if that's something that you're after, and to get out of the rat race, so to speak. And also, you know, if If you're working a nine-to-five job that you're not passionate about, starting a business that you are passionate about can be life-changing as long as you've set it up and you're comfortable with it and and as I said, you've got that team around you, that support network that can help you make the right decisions um, is a fantastic way of propelling your wealth and moving forward to your goals. So there you have it, guys. Some of the strategies that I use today to help uh, create our wealth So compounding interest, um, investing in your own education and your own self-development, making sure that you're staying on top of any superannuation that you have and still engaging in that actively, making it work for you, Um, investing as as an initial investment in the share market through robo-investing, so through StockSpot, um, and also saving on the While that's going on, saving in the background to purchase property as another leg of investments to stand on and help you grow your wealth. Last but not least, if you are still working to possibly look at creating your own business, whether that's um, taking the leap and going cold turkey or starting a side hustle, so something on the side when you get home from work, before or after, Um, that can help start producing an alternate source of income and look at obviously trying to replace your your income from your day job with that side hustle would be the first step. Um, And then once you unlock that key, then you can just simply replicate it, start another business, um, use a different business model or the same business model if it's working for you and look at creating multiple sources of income streams to help you access your financial freedom. If you've liked what I have employed with my own financial strategies or want to know more, absolutely leave me a comment or a like on my Instagram page at MattDoingThings underscore. Um, Drop a comment or rate uh, this podcast on your podcast app, whether it's iTunes, Spotify or SoundCloud And thank you for listening. I look forward to talking to you guys again next week. Bye.